ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it's the best two out of three falls, and I think we took a lot in the first match, but we're giving it our all again. Welcome back to hopefully 80s Wrestling Podcast, if you can hear me. My name is still Jumping Jay, and I'm hoping when I switch out for the hot tag that my main man Tommy Fierro is there waiting to receive it. Tommy, can you hear me? Tommy, are you there? Tommy, I got no Tommy on the other end. This match right here is, I think they called it a cluster in the business. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to see here. Boom, 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 boom. Man, everything we're doing, top ropes are snapping. Things are not coming together. Let me try one more reach out. Tommy, are you there? I am here, Jumping Jay. Holy moly, Can you Tommy, hear me? Top rope. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I can finally hear you. Hopefully, hopefully this problem has been solved, Jumping Jay. Listen, man, the system is doing some crazy things this morning. Because I tell you what, your name just flashed onto my screen about five times in a row. And it took me till the fifth yeah. one to be able to hear you. Well, the good news is I can hear you crystal clear now, and I, I know that you can hear me crystal clear too. I'm, again, I'm on my cell phone, but uh, at least, at least, uh, at least I can hear you, and hopefully we can we can have a show now. Well, listen, it's kind of uh, serendipitous that we had technical troubles this morning because our topic today is about a tag team that never really reached their full potential because their their momentum seemed to get derailed at every turn. But we're not going to let that stop us this morning, are we, Tommy? Absolutely not. I, I didn't think we were going to have a podcast today, Jay, but I'm happy that uh, we were able to figure it out. A busy weekend here in New Jersey. Uh, tomorrow we have a, a big ISPW show. It's going to be a fundraiser for the Cub Scouts Pack. 838 in Cedar Grove, New Jersey. We're having it at Cedar Grove High School. And the main event will be the superstar, Danny Morrison, with Maven in his corner against Rick Recon, who will have his number one groupie, Miss DeVille, in his corner. And we just found out, Jay, just, it just broke about a half hour ago, Dave LaGreca has turned his back on the superstar Danny Morrison, and he will be in the corner of Rick Recon tomorrow night at the ISPW show. Now, uh, LaGreca hasn't been at the last couple shows, Jay, and I guess in the last couple shows he wasn't at, you know, Danny, you know, started becoming very popular with the audience, and and Dave said he went on, you know, Facebook and saw a bunch of pictures of Danny chasing the hugs and giving the kids high fives, and he said that that makes him sick. And uh, he says that uh, he has lost his focus. He's worried more, more about being popular than being the world champion. So he's going to be in the corner of Rick Recon tomorrow night at Cedar Grove High School. And he says he's going to tell Recon all of Danny's weaknesses. And he's going to uh, capture the ISW title for his new client, Rick Recon, tomorrow. So it should be interesting. That's very interesting. you got to wonder if this ride of a lifetime that the superstar Danny Morrison has been on is going to be coming to an end. Because if you're starting to do some inside trading, giving your opponent the inside tips, 
it could spell disaster for Danny Morrison. Yeah, man. We, we had a, a couple big matches tomorrow, actually. Again, it's Cedar Grove High School, Cedar Grove, New Jersey. If you live in the New Jersey area, definitely come out. Doors are going to open at 6 o'clock, bell time 7.30. Like I said, the ISW World Heavyweight title will be defended tomorrow when the superstar Danny Morrison puts the title on the line against Rick Recon. Also, two other big uh, championship matches, the ISPW Tri-State Championship will be defended tomorrow night in Cedar Grove. It's going to be the champion, Bull James, against the former champion, Sean Donovan. Now, uh, Jay, I know that you were at the – the uh, the show following 80s wrestling con, you saw those guys collide in a, in a, a dull collar match, which was uh, which was crazy. They, they they really you know they really took it to each other. Well, tomorrow night, Jay, it's going to be a Texas death match between these two for the ISPW Tri-State title. And uh, yeah, man, it, it should it should be a really good one. Also, uh, the ISPW World Tag Team Titles will be defended tomorrow night in Cedar Grove at the high school when the tag team champions Leo Sparrow and GKM, collectively known as the Birds of the Sun, defend the titles against the former champions, the Now. And uh, Offa Jr. will be on the show going one-on-one with H.C. Moke. That should be a hard-hitting contest. Yeah, we have a, a triple threat women's match tomorrow as well, Jay, when Vicious Vicky takes on Adina Steele and Riley Shepard. So we have a lot of big matches tomorrow. should be a really good show. That is going to be something that fans in that area do definitely do not want to miss out on. And then look at this. The system just kicked Tommy off of the show. We are having crazy technical difficulties today, but I'm going to reach out for a hot tag. We got Brian the Brain from California. Brian, can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you doing this morning? Listen, Brian, you ever have one of those days where it seems like anything that can go wrong will go wrong? That, Every once that's, in a while, happening, that's happening in the studio today, but I'm happy to hear your friendly voice on the other line. Will you please kick off today's topic, the Rockers, with me? The Midnight Rockers, right from your neighborhood in uh, Minnesota, which uh, I was going to ask you guys. Uh, I know that you were a WWF guy, and you guys are, you know, a few years behind me, but. Uh, was uh, was the AWA scene uh, something you were aware of uh, back in the day? And when the Midnight Rockers, you know, they went from, I believe, the CWA to the AWA, was that something where uh, where you were aware of them? And, and, and did you hear it all when they first came to the WWF in 87 for, uh, for one night? And then uh, I read it about it in, in magazines, and then we never even – saw it on TV and they were kicked out immediately for partying. But uh, uh, being a Minnesota boy, did any of your buddies or anybody, uh, were you aware of of, uh, the Rockers in their AWA days when they came to the WWF? That is a great question, Brian. And here is my brush with the Rockers and the AWA. When I was a youngster, I had an uncle that every once in a while would take me to local wrestling shows. Now, This is probably towards the decline of the AWA's popularity in Minnesota. This is when WWF is getting really big. And so the AWA is not what it was in its heyday. But they did come to my hometown. The AWA came and did a local show at the college in my hometown. I got to go with my uncle. And believe it or not, the Rockers were on that show. And I got to meet them. 
And on their merch table, they used to sell buttons. And I have a Rockers AWA button that I bought from their merch table back in the AWA days. Now, this, of course, was before I knew what they would become. This is before I knew what Shawn Michaels would do in his career. But I did get to meet the Midnight Rockers while they were in their AWA stint. And so I'm very happy about that. That's phenomenal. I was hoping you'd have a story like that. That's uh, that's great stuff. The Midnight Rockers and uh, and uh, I, you know, I, for me, uh, AWA was uh, I, I was like craving other stuff other than WWF just to see what else was out there. And so, ESPN afternoons after school, a lot of times it was reruns, and we'd see the same programming uh, day to day, but. AWA was readily available, so that was something where getting home after school, they would have it on in the afternoons, 3 or 3.30. Uh, shoot, I was, I was like 7th or 8th grade, and uh, that would be programming I could actually find. And so the Midnight Rockers were you know, a team that you would obviously gravitate towards with uh, uh, just the excitement that they brought, and I'm not surprised at all that uh, WDAF tried to bring them in. I, I actually feel like that was the team that WWF, when uh, the Can-Am connection went down, I, I feel like that's the team that WWF brought in to replace them. And I want to say it was uh, May 25th that they dropped the belts in AWA and May 30th where they showed up at a, uh, at a house show and actually challenged the Hart Foundation. And then uh, right after that, they, uh, they, they were on a house show TV taping and pretty much immediately got fired for supposedly partying too much. I don't know if Andre was involved and, and said, hey, get those guys out of there, like the Freebird situation or, or what exactly happened. But, uh, but yeah, they, uh, they basically screwed it up. And then, uh, you know, it was another year, I want to say June of, of 19, uh, 1988, when they uh, ended up making their way back to the WWF and of course dropping the, uh, the midnight and just being the rockers. So I, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you actually got to meet those guys and that you still have the button. That's, that's really cool stuff. Yeah, I do still have the button. It's in my, uh, my area where I keep all my wrestling memorabilia. And I'm one of those kids that I had a real hard time letting go of any of my toys but over the years, garage sales and stuff, slowly it would go. But I never, ever got rid of any of my wrestling stuff because it just was so near and dear to me. Brian, we're going to reach out here, and we're going to say a big hello, and we're going to hopefully hear Tommy's voice on the other end. Tommy, are you back with us? <laughs> yeah, I'm back here, man. You guys hear me or no? Yes, we can hear you. We can. Great. So, yeah, let me what give about? you my take real quick on the – let me give you my take quick on the Rockers. See, I grew up – I like UJ in Minnesota. I just grew up a big WWF fan. So I really didn't really get much exposure to the Rockers until they got to the, the WWF. I mean, I, I periodically as a kid watched AWA when it was on, but I wasn't really familiar with the Rockers. I will tell you a, a cool story, though, that I've never, I've never told on the, the show before, Jay, is when I was a kid and I was at a WWF show at the Meadowlands Arena in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, where I used to go every month as a, as a child to watch WWF, I was sitting in a section where, you know, if you looked over, it was like one of the side, like you look, you look down 
and it was <clears throat> one of, I guess one of the side locker rooms. And once in a while, a couple of guys would you know come out and 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 watch the show, and you you really couldn't see them other than the the the, the one little section that we were in, which probably only held probably. I don't know, like 100 seats or so like that. So if you sat in that area, you were able to, if you if you, if you you look down, if you weren't paying attention to the show and look down, you, you see every now and again a guy pop their head in and out and see it. So Shawn Michaels, when he was with the Rockers, he was actually out there watching uh, the show from, from the side and where I was sitting at. And I actually got him to sign my uh, program. So it was pretty cool. As a kid, I actually got to meet Shawn Michaels at the WWF show, and, and he signed my program. Any chance you still have the program, Tommy? I, I was going to ask yeah, the same I, I'm, thing. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure I have it somewhere. Um, I'd have to look through all my old stuff. I, when I was a kid, what I used to do is I had, a, and I had to find the scrapbook somewhere. I had a, I had a big scrapbook. And, and you guys remember, because you're, you're my age, when, when we, at least up this way, when, when, when I was a kid, they would always, you know, and, and I know about you guys too, I'm sure it was all over back then, they would actually um, cover – WWF in the newspaper in the sports section all the time. So not only would you get the advertisements coming up for the, the the show at the arena, but you know the next day, you know Hogan tops Harley Race at the arena or something like that. And they do a story with the results stuff like that. So I had a, a big scrapbook filled with all the newspaper clippings and also any um, you know the lineup sheets for all the inserts for all the programs of all the events I went to as a kid. So yeah, I'm sure it's, in, it's probably in my um, my scrapbook somewhere, but yeah, I, I definitely remember having it. And then, obviously, I went on to use Marty Jannetty several times uh, in the past, both on ISPW shows back in uh, you know in the in the mid 2000s, and then also um, I had him at a you know convention or two in the past as well. So, and the tag team specialists, those guys were uh, really something else um, when they. Uh, uh, when they actually did end up coming to the WWF, uh, they had a they had a look. They had uh, they were just one of those talented teams that uh, you kind of compare to the Bulldogs or or uh, the Midnight Express or the Rock and Roll Express. These these teams where uh, they really complemented each other. They were very similar. And then uh, it was uh, one of the Twitter feeds that I was looking at was one of these program sheets where uh, somebody asks, uh, who's the most underrated wrestler on this card? And, and I said, Oh, it's, it's Marty Jannetty was my response. And somebody got on there and just bad mouth Marty Jannetty. And it was one of the cooler things on Twitter. Sean Waltman, the one, two, three kid, uh, you know, X-Pac got on there and said, Hey, if you're bad mouthing uh, Marty Jannetty, you don't really know anything about wrestling. Cause Marty Jannetty was uh, right there talent wise with Sean Michaels. I mean, he didn't, he didn't obviously go to the heights of Shawn Michaels. He had his own demons. But uh, both of those guys, when they got in the ring, they were phenomenal to watch. So, I mean, WWF knew what they were doing when they uh, when they signed the Midnight Rockers. And then, you know, they they brought them back a year later, and, and they took off. And, and even at one point, won the titles from the uh, Hart Foundation when uh, in October, I think it was, of 1990, when Jim Neidhart and uh, was going to leave the company and they did a two out of three falls match on a uh, Saturday night's main event that ended up not airing where the, one of the ropes broke. And so they ended up uh, signing Jim Neidhart 
never showing the match. And basically, I think they defended the belt once against uh, Power and Glory a week later, a couple weeks later, and and they ended up, you know, putting the belts back on the Hart Foundation and, and never really recognizing that win. But uh, they're one of the all-time greats uh, as far as tag teams and the, the work that they did in the ring and putting on great matches. So uh, you guys probably already know all that stuff, but uh, I figured I'd throw it out there. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, and it, obviously one of the – I'm sure that, you know, the episodes on the Rockers, obviously we're going to get into – the big angle that turned the Rockers, and 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 that I think that uh, with, it's what's I mean they obviously they had tons of classic matches, and I, I love their matches against the Orient Express and the series they had with them. But I think for everyone probably is as far as the Rockers go, uh, what everyone's gonna remember the most is, is them on the barber shop when they, when they broke up. I think that when you hear the Rockers, that's the first thing I think of. I'm probably sure 99.9 percent of the uh, audience is gonna say the same thing. What how about you guys? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, Marty Jannetty trying to jump through the window to get away, right? <laughs> I should I should expect that coming from somebody nicknamed Brain. It's good stuff. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's it's also funny. And when you uh, – everybody's going to – not everybody, but uh, most people will. That will be the thing that they remember most is uh, Shawn Michaels – breaking out on his own and uh and really uh that that was the launching point is uh you know basically throwing marty through that window and and probably the the most memorable thing of you know all of the uh the the barbershop vignettes uh or the barbershop segments uh second maybe would be uh sid justice uh and yep. the uh you know destroying it and the the, the uh, shaving cream exploding in his face yeah I would 100% agree. Listen, I think what this speaks to is the significance of those non-wrestling scenes that used to take place in the 80s, in the early 90s, on these talk show type sets. We still get, you know, uh, we still get interviews behind stage. We still get interactions outside of the ring in today's product, but it's not the same. It's not it's not done the same ways it used to be. And here we are 30 plus years later, we're talking about a talk show segment inside of a wrestling program. And so I think it just speaks volumes to the way they used to run these angles because we all remember episodes of the brother love show. We all remember episodes of Piper's pit. We all remember episodes of the barber shop. These are moments that live in time because of how they were done. And the rockers split up might be one of it's in the top probably five of these type of segments that live in people's memories because it made such an impact to the viewer. Yeah. I'd like to hear from uh, the winners club, uh, the winners club, uh, Andy is Andy Weinberg. I'd love to love to hear what uh, his top five or top 10 uh, segments were. Cause doesn't he do a, uh, a segment in ring for, uh, for you, Tommy uh, at many events where he'll, have somebody in in a Piper's Pit, uh, Piper's Pit style uh, interview segment. Well, I'll tell you what. For, first of all, uh, someone asked me last night actually uh, if, if I got the if I got the ball in WWE, what would I do? Is what would be the first thing that I would do with the product? So I said the first thing I would do, and it's no secret we talked about this a thousand times during the past on the the podcast. I would bring back enhancement matches because. 
I think it's crucially important because right now there's no head-to-head competition as far as being out the same day at the same time. So you don't need to give away all these these big matches with two stars taking on each other when you're going to have the same – I mean, the ratings are what they are right now, so you're going to get the same audience, uh, the same loyal WWE fan base that's going to tune in each and every week. So I, I think that – if you have these, you know, you have a star versus star, only one guy can get over, you know, whereas if you have enhancement guys, everyone can get over, and the matches can be quicker, and you can add more guys on the program and get everyone over at the same time. That's another completely different question what you're asking, but I'm, I'm translating into this is that I think another thing desperately missing is the talk show segments, and I, we've talked about this on the past as well. I think that it was a great platform to, to get – uh, everybody over as far as, you know, the talent that appears on the talk show every week. And, you know, it, it's just so different. Like the, throughout the years they had the Kevin Owens show and uh, the, the Jericho talk show and it's in the ring and it just, it doesn't have that same feel to it. You need a built in, a built in set like they did back in the day with Piper's pit, like the barber shop, like the flower shop, like the snake pit. And, you know, you, you, you build the set and have it off to the side, like back in the day. I, I just can't understand why, they can't take some of these great concepts that worked and made them so much money in the past and translate it into today's product. I just don't understand. Like that, the talk show segment thing would be perfect. But to answer your question, because I got in a rant about it, um, I mean, they, I, they, they all stand out, each one for different reasons. So, like, I, I think it's a snake pit. I think when Honky Tonk Man, you know, cracked the, the guitar over Jake's head. I think of the barbershop where, you know, Shawn Michaels super kicked, Marty Jannetty through the glass window. You, you, you think of Piper's pit. You think of when Andre the Giant ripped off Hulk Hogan's cross, and all Roddy Piper said was, "You're bleeding." I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of nothing, man. But it's just, I wish that they were still there because you can further storylines and characters so much easier with a platform like that. I think if that answers. Well, and that, you, yeah, and you, and you got a two-hour show on SmackDown, a three-hour show on Raw. Like you said, it's like basically if they would fill 45 minutes of, of the programming with uh, with enhancement matches where they're, they're being able to show so many more superstars, so many more wrestlers, and then you use 15 minutes of each hour even to show, and you could mix it up so that the viewers you know aren't coming in for the last 15 minutes every time, but have one decent match every every hour and throw in one talk segment, like you're saying, it just once in three hours or once in two hours, it, it'd make a difference. You know, having Miz or Bailey or somebody go out there and, uh, and basically put somebody over with a talk segment. It, 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 they're missing out, like you said. Yeah, and, 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 and Miz, would, Miz would be the perfect guy to do it. I know they did stuff with him in the past, but if they had a built-in set off to the side, it would just look so much cooler. Anyone. And and, and they have guys in my company that can talk their asses off. So I mean, they're, 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 you, know, you could definitely do something, you know, uh, MVP lounge or something like that. Maybe he'd do something back in the day. But they should build some sets and, and, and put them to the side and, and bring that back because that's that's something I think that's drastically missing. It's a great opportunity to, like I said, further along storylines and, and get guys over. But that's another topic for another day. Beautiful, Brian. Another topic for another day, and you guys probably got other guys on the line, but I want to. Uh, I did see a post on Twitter about uh, Totowa Days, and it looked like you had a very successful event. And I'll and I'll look forward to listening to Totowa Tom about Totowa Days, and hopefully Danny from Butler has uh, hung out in and is on the line or calling soon. But uh, 
before I sign off, I just want to say good job on the total days. It looks like you had a nice crowd there for the uh, the total event. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about that right now, actually. But uh, you have you have yourself a great weekend, man. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Thank you, so, Brian. So Jay, check, so Jay, check this out. So this past last weekend was Totowa Day, where you know there's like a there's like a little teeny little festival all in like one big empty parking lot, and they had you know bouncy houses for the kids, food tables, uh, live music bands, and stuff like that. So it was it was a pretty cool deal. And then they had you know ISW wrestling show. Um, they had a ring outside. It was outside. So, dude, I wasn't. A, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect because I never did an event like that before. And like, as as the days going on, everyone is on the opposite end of the of the um, of the little festival. There's there's hardly no traffic where the ring is at because there's not really anything there. All the bouncy houses and all the food was down the other end. So to myself, I'm saying, shit, man, like this is gonna this is gonna want to be in a cluster because no one's here, you know, like how, how, how is everyone going to know that the wrestling's here if no one's even in this area? So, I mean, it, and the, the DJ made an out to say, you know, and, and 30 minutes wrestling, but it was still, wasn't really, it was still kind of empty. And then right before the show started, man, the, the, the seats are getting filled. We had, we had, a, we had uh, ringside chairs, three or four rows ringside chairs as well. Uh, and then next thing I know, man, I look out and I just, I'm not even bullshitting you. I see, a sea full of people. Uh, I'll text you a picture of it. And it was, dude, it was crazy. There had to be easily, easily over a thousand people there. And it was, it was really, really cool, man. And wound up being uh, an event I went into not knowing what to expect and, and being up, uh, you know, just being a little worried about it. Wound up being probably one of my favorite events that I ever had ever. Just, just seeing all those people, man. It was, it was really, really, really cool. Well, that is fantastic to hear. And I'm assuming I'm picturing this it's outside. Um, what was the weather like for your wrestlers? Is it super hot in the ring? A nice cool breeze? No, I mean it was probably uh, I don't know. Probably it was like the mid 70s that day, so it wasn't. I mean it was warm, but it wasn't like blistering hot out. Thank God, because you know taking bumps and and all that on a on an extremely hot canvas that wasn't you know, it wasn't covered or anything like that with a tent. I mean, it, was, it would have been really, really difficult. But, yeah, man, it wound up being – and then there was chance of rain all week long, so I was, like, worried about that all week long. So it was a real, real pleasant surprise, man. It was it was real cool. Well, I'm hoping some of those individuals that got their first taste of ISPW will start coming to some of your other shows, man, now that they've seen the product firsthand. Well, that's that, that's 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 the plan, man. That's why that's why we did it. You know, it was a free show for the town. I mean, our, our regular building is in Totowa, the ISW Arena, but uh, it's it, it exactly why I did it because it was an opportunity to get a lot of new eyes in the area on the brand, and uh, hopefully it translates into new customers for our upcoming shows. Like I said, we have a show tomorrow night in Cedar Grove, New Jersey, and then next Friday night we have another show in Butler, New Jersey, at St. Anthony's Church Gym. A uh, big main event there. Danny Morrison defends the ISW World Heavyweight Title against Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is coming to an ISPW show. That's a big name. Have you got to work with Dreamer in the past, Tommy? You might hear something funny. I, I, so I, I've, I've been in the business for over 30 years. I'm sure Tommy has been at the same time, if not more. And this is the first time we're going to ever meet each other uh, next Friday. I never, I never met Tommy Dreamer, believe it or not. 
Well, that's awesome, man. I'm excited for you because he seems like a really good dude and obviously a great talent. And so I'm excited that he gets to take part in an ISPW uh, just kind of to see what you do. I guess I'm excited that he gets to be part of that show and kind of see what you got going on. Hopefully it's the start of a long, beautiful relationship. Tommy, we got a caller on hold and we're talking about the Rockers. We're talking about Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty. They were a high-flying, rocking, and rolling tag team that were kind of a contrast to the power teams of the 80s and early 90s. When you were talking powers of pain, you're talking about demolition. Then you have the high-flying, rocking, and rolling Rockers as kind of a contrast, kind of a cool thing to see in what was a very stacked tag team scene during that time. So we're going to head up north. And we're going to get the opinion from the man who has so many talents from the country that's so much better than yours. He's the Shawn Michaels to our Marty Janetti, David from Canada. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, guys. How's it going? I like that. Thanks for the introduction, Jay. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I can do better than that. Give me a try. <laughs> All right, Tommy. Let's see. Come on. Introduce here. the man. Why do, you, why, do you, why, do, why do you always get to announce him? Let me announce him for a change. Go for it. The, the mic is yours, Tommy. Hey, we got a new okay, caller me, on the line. It, it's, it's calling from Canada. It might be David, Tommy. You want to go ahead and unroll the red carpet for him? Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I have the extinct pleasure of introducing now one of the top callers in 80s wrestling, the podcast history. He brings the fire each and every time he calls in. He has questions that we might not even know the answers to. He has figures in his house that Jay has never seen before, that he questioned about in the past. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, from Canada, our good friend, David. All right. Thank you. That was was really good, Tommy. Thank you. But then again, I expect nothing less from from, the legend Tommy Fierro. (laughs) <laughs> what's up brother how you doing today i'm good i'm good uh for me for the rockers i, I the one thing that, that i like about and you if you you know alluded to it many many times is the the difference in style um you know because they were they were a change from from what you got and i always find that you know when you take either two wrestlers or two tag teams that have uh, a completely different style there's always, you know, the potential of, is this going to go well? Is this match going to be, be good? And one of the things I watched in the, the not-too-distant past was the unreleased uh, matches DVD of uh, Shawn Michaels. And basically, I think it's like a, you know, like a three-disc thing, and, and there's basically a disc worth of quality in there. Uh, basically just on, on the, the Rockers or, or prior to them as the Midnight Rockers, and they got AWA matches, and then they've got the WWE matches. But if you, you think about who they've wrestled, like the Rockers versus the Heart Foundation, the Rockers versus Demolition, versus the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers, versus, you know, um, the Road Warriors, and all these different styles. And the thing I think that really stands a testament to, to Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels as a tag team is that, it didn't matter who they wrestled. The talent came through, and they always gave you a good match, right? And, and I think that is, is something that even, you know, really talented tag teams can't always do. But you know that if you're, if you're watching a Rockers match, 
you're getting quality. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I agree 100%. I mean, they, they could have went out there and had a, a great match with a with a broomstick, you know, and, and especially, like I said, the, the, the series they had with the Orient Express was awesome. The Brain Busters, they had freaking phenomenal matches with those guys. And th- those guys can have a bad match if, if you, you paid them to. So, yeah, man, I, I agree tremendously with you on that. How about you, Jay? Well, and I think the great thing is, is I know Shawn Michaels' career skyrocketed and Marty – Due to personal reasons, his ended up kind of fizzling. But at this time, when they're the Rockers, you could argue that they're both equally talented inside that ring because Marty could go, Sean could go. And so it really wasn't one of these teams where you had a standout. I would argue that no matter which one was in the ring, that it was entertaining, it was a well-put-together uh, wrestling match, and that the Rockers had a chance no matter who was in the ring and who was outside on the apron. Now, David, as long as we got you on the air, I got to ask, in that famous two out of three falls where the Rockers are up against the Hart Foundation, they win the tag team championships because of the top rope snapping early in the match. They kind of scrap it, wipe it from history. It never happened. I just have to know, are the rumors true, David, that you tampered with that top rope to save your Canadian brothers, the Hart Foundation. Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth, Jay. Smart man. <laughs> Smart man. That's awesome. Dave, what else is going on, man? Well, so let me, let me ask you a question. So I, I knew that, obviously, that you, you grew up a, a WWF fan up there. I was saying earlier in the show how I really, I really wasn't too familiar with the Rockers until they got to the WWF. I mean, I was only... Yeah, that was probably only 10, 11 years old at the time. How about you? Were you familiar with them before they made it to the WWF? And if you were, were you excited to finally see them there? Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't familiar with them uh, before their WWF days. It, it, it almost feels like the early days of my wrestling fandom. You know, nothing existed outside of the uh, the WWF, right? So, I mean, obviously they did, but no, I I was only watching WWF. So it's you know. It, once they got introduced, it's like, oh, here's a new thing. And, and then, obviously, watching the talent there, then, then you get into them. And then, obviously, you, you know, you follow along with the careers as, as they go. I'm going to ask both of you this question. I brought up their, their title run that never really happened. Do you think it would have changed how we view the Rockers had they had a chance to run with the championship belt? Are, these, are they one of the teams that – could have used that belt to really push them to the next level? Did they miss out by not having it? I'd love to hear from both of you. Yeah, I would say personally that I think yes. I think I think they're one of those teams that certainly would have been remembered more had they had they had they won the belt because the thing is because Shawn Michaels has been so successful and, you know, is arguably one of, if not the greatest of all time wrestlers, depending on who you ask, certainly for his in ring ability, I think that takes away some of the shine from the rocker. Not intentionally, but it's just because because his career has so outshined what he did as a as a tag team wrestler, which shouldn't really take away from it because, you know, they were a great tag team. But I think, you know, having a belt on them or having a having a title run 
uh, would have would have made a difference in terms of how we remember them. But then if, you know, they went in that direction, I don't know. Do we still get the Shawn Michaels run that we got? You know, it's a, it's a great what if. But, but I think, yeah, for the tag team, definitely having the belt on them, I think, would have made a difference. Hey, um, you know, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to agree with them. Um, typically, uh, my answer, and I was going to give this answer until I heard uh, David out, and then I, I changed my answer. Uh, originally, I was going to say that, you know, I don't think they needed the titles because they were really, really over with the audience. Uh, but as far as cementing them as a, as a tag team in the WWF, as far as history books go, uh, you made a great point how Sean's – career was so spectacular as a singles guy that it, it actually kind of makes you forget that he was even in, even in a tag team uh, back in the day. So I, I, I agree 100% with you. Great point. I think if they had won the tag team titles and had a run with them, uh, I, I think that you might have looked at uh, the Rockers in the same breath as you would a Heart Foundation or a dem- Demolition. And I think that you think of those teams first uh, more so. Oh, someone's getting called back in the office. I think it's you, David. You better get back to class, brother. Yeah. No, it's lunch. It's lunch. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with you, man. I think that if they would have had a run with the titles, I think that uh, I, I think that they're very underrated and overlooked as far as the history books goes in the WWF as a tag team. So, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. All right, follow-up question. And this mixes a little bit of modern-day product, well, not modern-day, but maybe attitude-era type. Who is your preferred tag team partner for a Shawn Michaels? Would you rather see him tagging with Marty Jannetty's in the Rockers, or would you rather team, see him teaming with Triple H in Degeneration X? Uh, for, for me, I mean, I, as far as okay, – okay, David, you first, please. Okay, I, I, think, I think strictly from a, from a stylistic point, uh, you know, in, in the in the in ring ability, I would like to see him as the Rockers. That's that's where I go. Uh, obviously, the stuff they did with DX was great and very entertaining. Uh, but I think both Triple H and Shawn Michaels in, in in that iteration work better as singles wrestlers. So for sure, I'm 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 putting my money on the Rockers there. All right, well, me as a promoter, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a total different answer. So looking at them. Uh, both his run with Marty and his his run with Triple H. I mean, financially as a promoter, I mean, it, there's no, there's not even a, a comparison. I mean, him with uh, Shawn Michaels and, and Triple H, I made so much money, so much money. They were so over. DX is one of the the hottest things in the history of this business. So, I mean, for me, it's a it's a no brainer. Uh, Triple H and I, I. How about you, Jay? You, you asked. You're going to be. You're going to be the deciding factor here on '80s wrestling, the podcast, because we got the brother from Canada saying Marty Jannetty. You got me down here in New Jersey saying Triple H, and down you. Now you, Jay, down in uh, Minnesota. Who are you going with? Are you going to go with Marty Jannetty or, or Triple H on this one? Well, he, here's here's the difference I see. The, David is approaching it from kind of a fan's perspective on style, on entertainment. You're approaching it from what's going to put more butts in the seats and maybe what's going to be a bigger financial win. And I think those are two different arguments. I think if I'm going financially, I think you're right. But if I'm going just a pure 
80s wrestling fan, I would rather see Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty as the Rockers. I think it's a more pure entertainment. You know, Degeneration X, they were entertaining, but it was it was that attitude era. It was that no rules. It was that Wild West feel where anything goes. And it was fun while it lasted, but I don't think that can last forever. I think people grow tired of kind of the sophomore humor of that over time, where I think if you put on a classic wrestling match that has Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels in it, I think if you're a true wrestling fan, you're going to be entertained by the action in the ring. Fair answer. I agree. I felt like I was... uh, yeah, I felt like I was walking the line there. I didn't want to. I didn't want to upset either of you, so I went right down the middle. But I will tell you this: <laughs> well, you, cards you would on, never upset me, Jumpin' Jay. Cards on the table. If you'd have asked eight-year-old Jay which rocker would go on to have a better career after the split, I would have put my money on Marty Jannetty. And so I know history proves me wrong, but I was a huge Marty fan back in the day. I'll tell you what, real quickly, and this might be a very, uh, this might be a very unpopular opinion, but me as an adult, looking back on the Rockers, their run that they had, I, I didn't see Shawn Michaels as a single star until he super kicked Marty Jannetty through that, that glass window. So I, I, I didn't see that in him. So obviously WWF saw something in him at that point to do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. I, I, it, it, it's, look at you. Look at it now, knowing that their their place on the card, and that really Sean really. I mean, Sean's maybe the greatest worker in the history of the business. But at that time, in that pigeonhole in that tag team, you don't you don't see him as the next guy uh, at that point. So it's 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 a fascinating story, the Rockers, and and what what uh, Sean wound up becoming, and, and Marty where where he went. And when they first when they first did the turn, you know they had you know Marty beat Sean for the Intercontinental Title uh, on uh, Monday Night Raw. I remember that being really really good. And it's like, you know, he, Marty Jannetty just faded down the card quickly. And then you know, soon enough he's with Leaf Cassidy as the new Rockers. And then from there was pretty much history. But I mean, it's a it's a fascinating story, the Rockers. And I'm glad that you picked this topic today. Um, I'm glad you picked this topic today, uh, Jay. And, and, and yeah, maybe back then I'm with you. Maybe, uh, maybe it was Marty. Uh, and, and you know, everyone said you know, Sean and Marty, you know, as far you know, making fun of that situation. But man, I think Marty was just just as, if not, uh, a bigger star than 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 Sean when they were in the Rockers. So yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Well, let me ask you that. I know David's got lunch, but David, before we let you go, let me ask you guys one more kind of hypothetical question. When the Rockers split, one of them had to be babyface, one of them had to turn heel. They chose to turn Shawn Michaels heel and keep Marty a babyface. What do you think would have happened to the career of Shawn Michaels had that decision been flipped and they made him the babyface out of the breakup and tried to paint Marty as the bad guy? Do you think it would have affected Shawn Michaels' career after that? David, what say you? I think I think they made the absolute right decision there, and I, I think you know I don't think taking off as fast as a baby face, and I think that you know when you got the whole, especially when you started getting the rivalry with Bret Hart, you know, and where that went, and obviously ending with the Montreal screw job. I mean that's that's one of the most talked about moments in wrestling history. So having having it play out the way it did, 
I think is the exact right decision. And I don't, I don't think, I think, you know, they probably would have been successful any other way, but not to the, not nearly to the same degree that they were. Good answer. I'll, I'll answer mine now. And then, uh, I, I think actually it would have worked out the exact same way. Reason being is because Shawn Michaels is so damn talented, and if the and the roles were reversed and 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 uh, Marty Super kicks Shawn through that glass window, in my opinion, um, you know, uh, Shawn is would have been so over as a babyface because his his friend, his best friend, turned on him, and I really think that the crowd really, really, really would have got behind Sean way more than they did behind Marty. And I think that that storyline, believe it or not, I think that storyline would have been better. Again, maybe an unpopular opinion. I think it would have been better the other way around because I think, I think, I think the the fans would have such sympathy for Shawn Michaels. uh, I think that he would have became an instant overnight star immediately however the way they did it with you know him with sherry i mean i loved him with sherry loved him with sherry but i think that if they would have did it the other way i think it would have worked just fine because i think that you can throw anything show michael's direction no matter what it is he'll make it work so that's my answer it's interesting because i think if they would have done it the other way we would never have seen the kind of the narcissistic sexy boy sean michaels that people love to hate and then love to cheer for later on. I have a hard time seeing Marty Jannetty come out to sexy boy and doing that kind of Shawn Michaels routine, but maybe it would have worked if they would have flipped it. But I think, I think we're happy it went the way we did. And that's just one of those questions that you can kind of say, huh? What if? Exactly. That was a great conversation with you, brother. Now listen to me real quick, real, real quick, real quickly before you go, I know the end of the school year is almost here. Okay, so listen, if you get in trouble and if you get if they let you go because I took up too much of your time this week here on eighties wrestling the podcast, I got I got a job waiting for you in New Jersey as a timekeeper for ISPW. I you know what if I live I would love to take you up on that. <laughs> I don't think it pays as good as what you're, what you're making right now. Though, so. Probably not, but but you know what? I, as I as I feel, anything you touch, Tommy, turns to gold. So I'd love to be associated with it. Oh, man, that means a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's high praise. That's high. David does not just hand out praise like that, Tommy. I hope you take that to heart, brother. I, I know getting a compliment out of, out of Canada's greatest caller is is, is real tough to do. So. I'll definitely take it, man. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the remaining days of your school year and hopefully talk to you next week here on the podcast. You bet. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Take care, Tommy and Jay. All right. Thanks, David. I might, we might have to just pick a Canadian-themed show next week just so we can talk more to David from Canada. You can tell. School's close to getting out. He's, he doesn't mind spending time with us talking on the radio. <laughs> He's done teaching. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I know, I know the podcast is coming to an end, Jane. Last week, or maybe it was the week before, I had mentioned. Uh, actually, it wasn't last week. You were, you were talking about how you've been enjoying my, uh, my pipe bombs. I've been dropping on my, my personal Facebook page. And I've actually Absolutely. I mentioned that, since I mentioned that last week, I heard on the podcast that for people to you know, request me on my, my personal Facebook page so they can check out the video, it's gotten a lot of 
a lot of new friend requests over the last week, so I know that there are definitely some of them are coming from the podcast. So I thought it'd be a fitting way, just because tomorrow is ISPW, and I'm 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 psyched up. You know, I've been cutting these promos. How about I just I end today's podcast instead of saying until next week. Uh, you know, have a great weekend, Jay. Hope everyone at home has a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. It's the same, oh, it's the same boring. Well, it's true. It's the same boring shit every week that I expect each and every week. I mean, how Dude, many that, times can I tell you and your wife? How many times can I tell you and your wife to have a great weekend? Let, how about I switch I, it up this week? How about I go into my alter ego and, and, and close the show? I, first of all, I would really enjoy that. But second of all, that voice that you just did, you, that could be a voiceover in a cartoon, man. That was awesome. That it was, is, yeah, and yeah, the funny so thing is, but the funny thing is, like you were doing an impre- a funny impression of yourself, and so it just it made me laugh so hard, man. That's awesome. You sound like yeah, you sound like uh, 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 you sound like a cartoon character. I, I dug it, but yeah, if you want to flip the switch, if you want to turn your back yeah, to the man. microphone, if you want to lay down something off the top of your dome, the just let me, for, let me let me turn the opposite way in my chair. Okay, I'm, I'm turning the opposite go. way in my because I know my that's your style, face. brother. That's your dramatic yeah, style. Man. That's your trademark. And if you can lay something off the top of your head that's a, an exclusive for our listeners, you go for it, man. Hit it. Well, I just want to tell everyone, again, if you live in the New Jersey area, tomorrow night, come out and see ISPW Wrestling Live, Cedar Grove, New Jersey, Cedar Grove High School, 7.30 p.m. bell time. Brought to you by... The Million Dollar Bomb waiting to explode in this industry. And when that bomb explodes, and trust me, Jay, it will explode. You are looking at the next guy in this industry, Tommy Fierro. You can talk now, Jay. It's over with. I listen. That's intense, man. You flipped the switch. Oh, you have no idea, man. I, I know you do. It was on the Facebook page. Anyone again? Anyone that's not on Facebook, uh, please uh, go on there and, and, and check them out. I, Jerry, I actually a couple of days ago I did a a dear. Remember, remember the song Eminem, dear dear Vince. I mean, dear Stan. Oh, I love dear Stan. Well, ah. a couple of days ago I did dear Vince. And so you. I, I guess I. I yeah, and I, I have it right here. If you want me to, if you want to close out the show with me, be doing a rap for you, I'll do it. Yeah, I think it, who wouldn't want to close the show with? I, I, I guess it might not be. It might not be the greatest. It might not be the greatest time to do a uh, a, a Vince McMahon song uh, with all the news coming out, but uh, just to entertain yeah. the. Yeah. Uh, just to entertain. Oh, that's that. I don't want to get into that right now because that could be. Well, hang on. Let me just ask uh, you another, since you brought it up. Since you brought up, let me just ask you one question. Because okay. we know at one point in time you were on the payroll for the WWE. And so I just need to know, <laughs> did $3 million get deposited in your account recently? If it, if it did, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now, brother. All right, fair enough. I'm only, no, I'm only kidding. Of course I would. But no, it, it didn't. Maybe three, $30. So just anyway, to be clear, you are you are not the unnamed former employee. No, no, Jay, it's definitely not me. Okay, my right. brother. I just check it. 
So, yeah, so the name of the song is called Beer Vince, all right? And, it, again, if, if you know Eminem and his song Stan, you can visualize that beat and how it flows. I think that you will uh, really enjoy this. So here we go. Dear Vince, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I left my cell home phone and my store phone at the bottom. I sent you two resumes back in August. You must not have got them. It probably was a problem with one of your guest men or something. Sometimes I type too fast the emails when I write them. But anyways, forget it. What's up, man? How's your daughter? I read about your declining ratings too, man. I'm sorry. I had friends turn the channel that wasn't buying it. I know you hear this every day, Vince, but I'm your biggest fan. I even watch your underground USWA stuff you did when you weren't even tan. I got a store full of your pictures and your posters, man. I like that shit you did with Brett, too. That shit was fat. My wife is jealous because I talk about you 24-7, but she doesn't know you like I know you, Vince. No one does. She doesn't know what it was like for promoters us growing up. You got to call me, Vince. I'll be the biggest fan you'll ever lose and steal yours, Tommy. P.S. We should book together, too. That's good stuff. Happy. That's good stuff. Yeah, well, it's probably not the probably not the best day to uh, wrap that. I'm sure more news will wow. be uh, circulating throughout the day, but uh, we can, we'll just uh, leave it at that. But Jay, hope you and your wife have a great weekend. Hope all the, list, do all it, the listeners have a do great weekend. Do it in the voice, man. Do it in the okay, voice. Well, End we'll, of the show we'll, is the we'll, voice. We'll, we'll Okay, we'll end it with the voice, and then we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> hey, Jay, I hope you and your wife had a great weekend. I hope all the, the listeners out there have a great weekend with their friends and family. And we'll see you next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.